adored you. There is none like you, Father. We ask, Father, today that you please speak to us, teach us your word. Do not let any of us return the same way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Sorry about that. I quickly had to adjust my microphone. If you're joining us online, please welcome to church. Can we welcome someone to church today? Yes, we love you. Thank you for joining us online today. We believe that this service will bless you. And if this is your first time, thank you for fellowshipping with us today. You are very, very special to us. Thank you so much for taking time out to fellowship with us. We trust the Lord God that this will be a memorable service for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yes. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. Welcome someone to church today. Before we go into the teaching, I uh, let me just remind you that we started a teaching last week. If you were in church, can you remind me what we spoke about the last time? Today's Bible study, so I'll be relaxed. Can somebody tell me? This time around, no bounty. I'm not Pastor Funke. Pastor Funke is the one that shares a gift. <laughs> Anybody? Fasting, right? Ah, uh, yes or no? Eh? Why are you quiet? Within the last seven days, did you fast? Anybody? Don't worry. I know Jesus said we should not tell anybody. But <laughs> you can answer that question without guilt. Nobody. Hi. God have mercy. Hmm. I have a bit of concern with the way this generation of people, including myself, see God. And I feel honestly that we must see God as God. First of all as God, before any other knowledge of God that you think we should know. In other words, I think I said it last week, we must first see God as I am. I remember I said that. Was it on Sunday, right? I think it was on Sunday. You must first see God as I am. God could be a thousand and one things to us. God could be our Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Elohim, you know, Jehovah Adonai. Whatever God is to you, but it's important that you first see him as I am. What that will do to you is that it will help you to cast your love upon him the way you're supposed to cast your love upon him. So when you're going through life situation, it doesn't matter what it is, you will not see God as God that has failed you. I've come to realize that. And I was just pondering on that, you know, that 
uh, that subject, it, a man came to my mind. And I think it's about time we also uh, thank God more seriously. In other words, you must know God for yourself before what people call God to you. Of course, you know the Bible says that be you not, be you not a worker that is ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. It's important that you get to know God personally. So, irrespective of where you found yourself, it will become easier for you to stand for God. It will become easier for you to be able to confront argument that is raising against the knowledge of God. It becomes easier for you to shine your light. You will leave God, you will leave God's uh, uh, way. You will leave it out beyond what you say. So when people see you, they see God. There is a proverb in your land that says that when they leave, I stay so long with a soap. And that leaves you inherit the 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 soapy nature if I say a word like that. Have you realized that you, you look at our parents, older parents, and you look at maybe your granddad and your grandmom, they look alike. Because they've stayed so long that you, you don't need to go and ask daddy a question and expect a different answer from from daddy when you have already asked mommy the same question because mommy is going to give you exactly the answer that he's going to give to you without them talking about it that's what we become when we stay and fellowship with the holy spirit i will encourage you because it's a long chapter or chapters, as it were, to go and read it when you get to the house. I want you to read about the man called Stephen in the book of Act of Apostles. As a matter of fact, it was the first person, it was the first martyr in the Act of Apostles. Stephen was not, let's, let's just read a bit of his biography. I will just pick him between. In those days, when the numbers of disciples were increasing, the Hellenist Jews, among them, complained against the Hebrew Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered at the disciples. So the twelve gathered all the disciples to. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, "It will not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to." Wait on tables. Brother and sisters, chose, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit of wisdom. I beg your pardon. Who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the old group. They chose Stephen. Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. 
Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism, they presented this man to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The numbers of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to faith. Stephen, a man filled with the wisdom of God, with wisdom and of the Holy Spirit, was chosen to be a servant, to serve the table, to be the one organizing food. Sometimes we complain about the responsibilities that God has given to us to do. And then you look at yourself and say, Eh, oh, me. Me. To come and serve table as wise as I am. In some cases, or as old as I am. With all my degrees, with all my exposure and my experience, don't they know that I have the Spirit of God living inside of me? I'm not even talking about your service in the house of God. Sometimes in our workplace, we're given certain responsibilities and we just feel that I'm too big for this. And then we think as if God is not the one wandering our steps, as if He's not involved in the agenda of our lives. Verse 8, now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Verse 9, opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as province of Sicilia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen, right? But they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave as he spoke. This guy was not a priest. He wasn't a pastor. He wasn't a teacher of God's word. But while performing his responsibility, even serving the table, organizing food for the people, Stephen was able to perform wonders he was able to refute arguments because of his wisdom and the Holy Spirit that is in it. You can shine your light for Christ anywhere you find yourself. But like I said earlier, it's important that you have fellowship with your Father. You should know him. Stephen will not have been studying to preach the word. Does he need to study the Bible to share food? Does he need to pray before he serves food, really? No. No, God. And when you get to verse 15, verse 15, of course, they see Stephen, they brought Stephen before the Sahandrins. In verse 15, and all who were sitting in the Sahandrins looked intently they looked intently at Stephen and they saw his face 
was like the face of an angel. Stephen, a man by the table. Yes, that is just a side. Amen. But go and read it for yourself. And when you look at verse 8, chapter 8, and Stephen began to speak, you will know that Stephen was a man of the world. He could not have known all those things without studying. Know God for yourself. Say to your neighbor, know God for yourself by yourself. I speak now. Yes, let's go back to our topic. How many of us love to fast? <laughs> yeah. I remember we stopped at why do we need to fast? Let me just give us a recap. Uh, I defined what fasting is. I, I started with illustrating to you that there will always be, it's okay for you not to feel like fasting. Why? Because when you read Galatians 5.17, we know that the flesh lost against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. That explains sometimes in the morning, if you like fasting, and that's the day you are hungry the most. That's the day you perceive your neighbor's food, that my neighbor is cooking jollof rice, and you like jollof rice. And you say to yourself, when I get to work today, I'm going to eat jollof rice, or when I Okay, I'm going to cook my own jollof rice too. But all the days you could go without food and you are okay because you've not you, that day is not a day that you that you that you decide to fast. But the day you say yes, I'm going to fast, so all the everything we just let loose to say eat, 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 and stuffs like that and like that because. The flesh that is always contrary to the spirit. And really, fasting is a spiritual thing. It's not an exercise. It's not a, it's not a, what do you call this thing? When did you want to slim down? When guys want to slim down? <laughs> I say to us that whatever it is that you can give up, whatever gives you pleasure, that's you give up to say, I'm not going to do this for a particular time just for you to withdraw and focus and focus on God is a fast. So some people are uh, maybe because of health reasons uh, cannot fast, but they can give up some things, some other things that will give them pleasure to focus on God. So if I like to eat, uh, let's say uh, kokoro or Maybe fried rice and chicken. Like I like to eat fried rice and chicken every day. I used to know a guy who likes who eats chicken every day, every day, every day. He was an intern in my office. He eats chicken every 
Yeah? Yes, in turn, he eats chicken every day. Every day. One day I ask him, I say, ah, I'm sure he's an agba lagba now. I ask him one day, I say, ah, why do you like to eat chicken? Are you not, are you never tired of chicken? He said, even my mommy knows that I like chicken because my mommy said when she was pregnant of me, she ate a lot of chicken. If you see this guy sit, he dissects, he knows every part of the chicken. Afternoon, everybody is eating different things. No, no, he will sit down with his chicken. He comes with the chicken from my house every day. So someone like that who made it, maybe, I mean, if we have people like that who cannot, because of health reasons, say, okay, you cannot, maybe you have an ulcer or something, and if you don't eat, you're in trouble. You, and you like to eat chicken. You can give up chicken. Because eating chicken gives you joy, gives you pleasure, and stuff like that. <laughs> so I said to Ross that fasting is a Christian duty required of the disciples of Christ. Fasting should be done in order to show ourselves of God and not recommend ourselves to the opinion of men. If Jesus could fast, why should you not? We know, some of us, we don't allow the Spirit to lead us to fast. But really, it's something that we should do I've given us, I think, two or three reasons why we should fast. It helps you to to recalibrate. And it helps to put senses on the check. You know, you say to yourself that you, you don't have control over me because whatever controls you is your master. Is that not so? Want them whose belly has become their God. So if you say, no, me, fast care, I cannot do without my stomach. I should go hungry. Someone will say, and I make you Jesus. It shows immaturity. Because like I said to Ross, just look at it. There are, I'm sure some of us in the last one week, there was a day there must be a day that we did not eat until about 12 or 1 p.m. in the afternoon. True or false? So it's not about I cannot do it. It's about you are not willing to do it because you are not mature. And we must grow. Some of us, are you not tired of milk? You don't want to start eating bone? I'm sure if somebody calls you a child, you'll be upset. So, do you want to be a spiritual baby? So, it's just about discipline. I said to Ross that no one that, uh, no one, hey, how is how did Timothy, second Timothy put it? Uh, 
No one that has been enlisted in, in, in God's army should entangle himself with civilian duties. That he may please his commissioning officer or his commander. Where we are, the world we live is not a playground. So there are some things that we must do. And it's essential for us as believers to put the flesh under at all times. And one of the ways we do that is committing our lives to a, to a disciplined life of fasting, of prayer, and of studying the word. We know that the Holy Spirit will reveal all truths to us or expand what Jesus has said to us. But if you don't know the world, what is the Holy Spirit going to breathe upon over your life? Yes. Philippians 4.13, like I said to us, says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So say to yourself, I can fast. Say it, I can fast through God that gives me strength. Amen. You like food too much? <laughs> so and then we looked at the life of Daniel and we, we noticed Daniel, how Daniel caught a revelation by studying the word says, I, Daniel, I understood by the books. I, I, it was, and he, he read a lot of prophecies. And so, he, he, Daniel, Daniel understood that the destiny of the people, the destiny of the Israel were, were, were upon him. They were in captivity, just like Daniel was. But there was a set time for their freedom. The thing is this, you must understand also that some people's destiny are attached to yours. So how long do you want to sleep? That's why it's essential for us to wake up to responsibilities. It's not even about you, but it's about lives that are attached to yours. Souls that are attached to yours. Are you now going to fold your hands, allow those souls to perish because of your indiscipline, to commit yourself to certain things? Don't just wish to be something without thinking or without willing to commit yourself to the discipline that is required to be what God has called you to be. He says, I, Daniel, I understood by the books. This Daniel was, remember, this same Daniel was the one that says, don't pray. And he, and he opened his door, his window, and prayed as he is required to pray. more or less like it's his life has just been a life of discipline from the beginning. Remember this Daniel? Refused to eat of the king's table. We must be disciplined friends. There is so much that is at stake. So Daniel said, I understood by the books and I know that there is a time for these people to leave captivity. Imagine if he had slept his destiny away. What is it could have happened to God's people? 
I know God is able to make numerous ways. But we will not be talking about Daniel today. We will be talking about someone else. Maybe Daniela. Or another name, Charles. After all, when Judas Iscariot became the betrayer, someone else stood instead of him, isn't it? The work of God cannot stop. And so we understood that Daniel caught revelation, right? And he stayed there until the angel opened to him and said, this is what I think you, this is this like explain the revelation to him. He said, I think there is there, there should be more. And he persisted. We read last week, Daniel chapter 9. Daniel continued, said, For 21 days I have not I've not eaten anything. No one has touched my lips. And when you read different commentaries, they 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 they, they, they being that appeared to him was an heavenly being that is Christ. And then he says, since you prayed, I have been asked to come, but something, something stopped me. The prince of Persia, right? And then Archangel Michael, right? Came and fought and stuff like that. So imagine what could have happened if after 14 days, Daniel said, I've been fasting, no, nothing is happening, no. Eh? Come again. <laughs> Thank you, I've tried, God will understand. Let's read that. Daniel, is it Daniel? Where did we read? Daniel, right? Let me change the Daniel chapter chapter 9 verse 20 to 23 20 to 23 even while I was praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people respiratory pleading with God for Jerusalem and his holy mountain, Gabriel, whom I had seen in the earlier vision, flew swiftly to me at the time of the evening sacrifice and said, Daniel, I'm here to help you to understand God's plan. The moment you began praying, a command was given. I'm here to tell you what it was. For God loves you very much. Listen and try 
to understand the meaning of the vision that you saw. The moment you began to pray, the moment he began to pray, something happened. So I'm sure it was not at the moment that he began to pray that the angel appeared. So that you are praying over certain issues and it doesn't come to pass, doesn't mean that God is not listening to you. I said to us, there are some, there, sometimes there are seasons between God said and the fulfillment of what God has said. But we must patiently wait because it will surely happen. If God has said it, certainly, without a doubt, without a doubt, without any fear, he is going to do it. And then the angel began to explain to him, in verse 2 of chapter 10, when this vision came to me, Daniel said later, I've been in the morning for three weeks. All the time, I tasted, I needed, I tasted neither one nor meat. And of course, I went without desserts. I neither washed nor shaved nor combed my hair. Then one day, early in April, as I was standing beside the great Tigris River, I looked up and solid there before me stood a person robed in linen garments with a belt of purest gold around his waist, glowing, lustrous skin. From his face came blinding flashes like lightning, and his eyes were full of fire, his arms and feet. I'm reading the Living Bible. His arms and feet shone like polished brass, and his voice was like the roaring of a vast multitude of people. I, Daniel, alone saw this great vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly filled with unreasoning terror unreasoning terror and ran to hide. So I, I was left alone. Verse 9 Then he spoke to me and f- I fell to the ground, faceward in a deep faint. But the hand touched me and lifted me still trembling. I pray today in this service that the hand of the Lord will touch someone in the name of Jesus Christ. And I heard his voice, O Daniel, greatly beloved of God, I said, stand up and listen carefully to what I have to say to you, for God has sent me to you. So I stood still trembling with fear. Then he said, don't be frightened, Daniel, for your request has been heard in heaven and was answered the, f- and was answered the very first day you began to fast. Before the Lord and pray for understanding. That very day I was sent here to meet you. But for 21 days I was sent here to meet you. But for 21 days the mighty evil spirit who overrules the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the top officers of the heavenly army, came to help me so that I was able to break through the spirit rulers of Persia. Now I am here to tell how many, since, how many days was Daniel fasting? The same 21 days. So I'm sure if the heavenly did not appear after 21 days, Daniel will have continued. Since the first day that he began to fast and pray. You see, I say to you according to the word of the Lord in the book of Psalms, Psalm 53, I think, there is no tears of yours that is a waste. God is so detailed about our lives. He's so meticulous about you. You can trust God in his entirety. You can trust God with your life. 
you can fall to the hand of God and be safe. Maybe you think, oh, I have prayed and nothing has happened. That prayer is, is there. Oh, you have fasted, sincerely fasted, and you think nothing had happened. And you think, God, you have forgotten me here. I'm, I'm, I'm just... You see, so, so someone... You see, sometimes, the way we respond shows our spiritual state. Someone asks, how you do? You say, I'm hanging, up, I'm hanging in there. <laughs> hanging where? <laughs> and anytime you say that, check your heart. It's a way of saying to you that, ah, I'm just here, God, you have forgotten me. Or sometimes you feel that the person asking you is in a better state. Say, how are you? I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. Hanging where? Are you a hanging tower of the... Are you the hanging... Hanging... You're not, you're not supposed to be hanging in there. You're supposed to be, to be in the presence of God at all times. Enjoying grace. For a believer, there should not be a bad day. Honestly. Because even in that seemingly bad situation, God can turn things around. I'm never going to have a bad day. The devil cannot get me. I've said mine. I hope you'll say yours. So Daniel's 21-day fast and prayer was not a waste. Because from the moment he opened his mind to pray, an answer has already been released from heaven. But I am sure that Daniel was able to persist because he knows the enduring faithfulness of God. That I could prove God time and over again. I have trusted God with my life. I've been in the, in the lion's den. I've been in the fiery furnace. I've been conspired against. And God has been there for me. And I know that even this one he is going to answer me. I know that God can't be trusted. Don't waste your experiences. No, don't waste them. It's one of the ways that God shapes your life. Look at all the things that you have been through and ask God what is the lesson or what is the story or what is the message for the world in my story, in my experiences. It's going to shine light upon them. You wonder when people, some people tell their stories, they just, they just telephone you or message you and say, yo, you don't know what you have done to me by just narrating your experiences. My soul is lifted. My, my hope is restored. There is a message to the world in your experiences. Don't waste them. God has been faithful to you. If God has been unfaithful to you, I know that you cannot be standing here today. Whether you accept it as your reality or not, but it is true. Whether you know God as God or you know him as other things, he is existing. He is God. 
you are standing because God is faithful to you. Why? Because the life you have was not created by science. Which is why I said to you, when the day God decides to take that life, nothing, no oxygen, let them go and bring a 10,000 cubic meters or liters or whatever it is, how it is measured. They will call it in, say, time of death. So, 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 so. Why? Because the owner of that life has said it is over. To someone who's still thinking, I don't love God, I don't like God. But do you like your life? have oxygen. Come to think of it really. Of course I've been to hospital a couple of times. Oxygen at best is just to enhance because there is an, there is a, there is an evidence of life. Right? So they say, ah, this person still has, the pulse is still there. So let's administer oxygen. Right? They can't administer. If oxygen is that useful, they should, every dead man should be alive today once they administer oxygen. Amen. Amen. Yes. So, take God seriously. Where are we, sir? We're talking about Daniel, right? Last week, we also spoke about Ezra. We we're talking about why we should fast. Insight, revelation. If you want more, you need to understand more of the things God has said to you. Don't just cut the rema. Say word, ah, and write it down. Yes, it's good. But also sit on it and say, God, explain further to me. How? When? What next? These are questions that we need to ask. Amen. We, we looked at, we said Ezra needed <laughs> protection. Was leading God's people from captivity. And they said, we have, I have made mounts that God is able to protect me. I, so I better fast. Now, what about Esther? What about Esther? And when you look at all of these people that we are giving the examples, you realize that all the things they were fasting, fasting for was not things that are mundane things. Not food, not house, not car, not a... Uh, it's, it's about being saddled with the responsibilities of, of destinies. If Esther had not fasted, all the Jews would have been killed. Mordecai said, don't, you should know, even you, don't think that the palace that you have is, a, is safe for you. Because a man that is after all of us will tell the king that you are a Jew. It's just a matter of time. So take this matters with the level of seriousness that is required. Don't you know that you are in the king's palace for such a time 
as this. Tell your neighbor, take responsibility. So Esther didn't fast because, oh, she wants, oh, I want a five-tall or five-foot-tall shoe. I want the latest, uh, or I want Mercedes-Benz. Uh, hey. No, it, before it used to be Jewagon and all of it. Now it's now, uh, hey, where is dummy? Mercedes, uh, Eh? No, it's not bra- ah, you, you are, what is it? Eh? No, not Tesla. There is a brand of Mercedes-Benz now. No, when Dami comes, he will tell me. I will ask him. I will ask him. You can count the number of those cars on Nigerian roads these days. And the, not for all of those things. We know Esther's story, don't we? Fasting for special favor. trying to look for it. Uh, Esther chapter 5 verse 3. The book of Esther chapter 5 verse 3. Let's read from chapter 4. Let me read verse 1. When Mordecai learned, that, learned what had been done, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, and went out into the city, crying with a loud and bitter wail. Then he stood out at the gate of the palace, for no one was permitted to enter in a mourning cloth. And throughout all the provinces, there was great mourning among the Jews, fasting, weeping, and despair at the king's decree, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. In other words, a decree had gone that they were going to be killed. A man had perfected all to ensure that an entire race is wiped off the surface of the earth. Come to think of it, what a level of wickedness. These people were in slavery. They were in captivity. As if that was not bad enough, we would then want to just wipe them off. See the level of human wickedness against an entire tribe, against an entire race. And what it means to be that they, perhaps they, they, before they will be considered for a position, they will have to consider the Omonili. Right? They get to do the dirty job, right? Is that not, is, is that state not low enough? Someone says, I won't stop until we wipe them out completely. I just don't like Mordecai. He's just too proud. Cannot bend down to greet me. Ha. Verse 4. 
When Esther's maid and eunuchs came and told her about Mordecai, she was deeply distressed and sent clothing to him to replace the sackcloth, but he refused it. Then Esther sent to Attach, one of the king's eunuch, who had been appointed as her attendant, and told him to go out to Mordecai and find out what the trouble was and why he was acting like that. So Attach went out to the city square and found Mordecai just outside the palace gate and heard the whole story from him. And about, oh my goodness, this is living Bible. It helps me, yeah, sometimes, which is why it's good to read different translations. It helps to, to explain some things in our today's world. Listen to this. And I had old story from him. And about the $20 million Amen had promised to pay to the king's treachery from the destruction of the Jews. When was, the, when was this story? And someone at that time he was like, I think, just kill these people. I am going to return to your treasury. $20 million. Even today, with all the inflation in Nigeria, if you have $20 million, Pastor Toby, $20 million, somebody is putting it to your account today. Eh? That's a lot of money. That you, you wonder. Kilo Why? But don't forget that Jesus had to come out from this lineage. So that, that you have too many troubles today is because there is something about your life and your destiny. That's why you cannot hang in there. Or that you think, oh, I have too much trouble. The whole world is against me. It's because your life is precious. The Jews must survive because Jesus must be born. So the devil will stop at nothing. But guess what? This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Before the battle began, I already have victory. You already have. Let's continue. A man had promised to pay into the king's treasury for the destruction of the Jews. Mordecai also gave Itach a copy of the king's degree, dooming all Jews, and told him to show it to Esther and to tell her what was happening and that she should go to the king to plead for her people. So Atach returned to Esther with Mordecai's message. Esther told Esther to go back and say to Mordecai, all the world knows that anyone, whether a man or a woman, who goes into the king's inner court without his summon is doomed to die unless the king holds out his golden scepter. And the king has not called for me to come to him in more than a month. So Esther gave Esther a message to Mordecai. This was Mordecai's reply to Esther. Do you think that you will escape there in the palace when all other Jews are killed? If you keep quiet at a time like this, God will deliver the Jews from some other source. But you and your relatives will die. What's more? Who can say but that God has brought you into the palace for just such a time as this? Then Esther sent his message to Mordecai. Go and gather together all the Jews of Shushan 
and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day, and I and my maids will do the same. And then through it secretly forbidden, though it is strictly forbidden, I will go in to see the king. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai did as Esther told him. What is the end of the story? Supernatural favor that spared the Jews. It was not about Esther. This was about destiny on, his, on our shoulders. Destiny that she had to bear on behalf of her people. So when you do certain things, like you pray, and do you even pray for people? Or it's just, people just tell you their challenges and you just say, okay, don't worry, I'll be praying with you. And you have done nothing. God is looking you in 5D. He's watching you. Watching your irresponsibility. And then you, you will be the first person to say, greater works I will do. Like Jesus. I'm going to, Jesus said, I'm going to do greater works. And so you are confessing, greater works I will do. But you are in discipline. You cannot do nada. You think the lame is just going to just walk? Disciples of Jesus. Jesus had gone to Mount Transfiguration. I've said this many times. Matthew 16. They find the same story in Luke. Uh, in all the synoptic Gospels. And so, but it's better you read it in Matthew. Because Luke did not explain what happened. The only could not cast out demons and they asked Jesus. And that was the end of the story in Luke. But Matthew told us that. Jesus responded and said to them, some things cannot happen except to fast and pray. That's why you could not cast Plus the fact that you, are, you have unbelief in your heart. You could not also take the discipline of fasting and prayer along with That's why you could not cast out the demon. Go and check every person that has done exploit for the kingdom. They have a disciplined life of spiritual responsibilities. They will ask you, can you, can you fast for Nigeria? But do you know that it's our responsibilities as believers? Do you, do you think so? You don't think so? Uh, maybe you are yet to understand that you were not born in this country by mistake. If God is involved in your matter from the beginning, you, you are not a mistake. These were people just like you and I. Let's, let's, be, let's be done with complaining. Let's grow up. And we are talking about our spiritual obligations. They are, of course, there are times that you must be, be, belong or be part of governance and stuff like that. Daniel was in government. We also have spiritual obligations. People will say that, oh, I, I can't join politics because it's dirty. Eh? Okay. Or they do jazz. All right. Are you now saying that their jazz is powerful than Jesus? Let us be careful. There is a thing between being timid 
and uh, I'm trying to find the other word. I hope I find it before the close of service. Now, we spoke about Esther, right? And how the people were specially favored because Esther took it upon herself as a matter of responsibility because let's, don't let us also forget Mordecai. We don't get to talk about him all the time. But this was someone that Esther was committed to. Esther could be trusted with Mordecai. There was no place I read that Mordecai abused Esther. Esther was, Mordecai was Esther's uncle. But he was a man of great grace and wisdom, filled with the Spirit of God. Can God trust you with the destiny of nations? Can God trust you with lives? Amen. Lastly, fasting is a form of worship. Fasting is a worship to God. Fasting is a worship to God. Someone is asking, what does that mean? Can you join me? Open your Bible to the book of Isaiah chapter 58. And I, please, can you ha- can we have the message version online? Which I asked you earlier, so I shall expect you to be ready. I want to read. I want us to read it together. So, Isaiah chapter Message version, right? You can't find message? Thank you. Shout a full-throated shout. Hold nothing back. A trumpet blast shout. Tell my people what's wrong with their lives. Face my family, Jacob, with their sins. Verse 2. They are busy, busy, busy at worship. And love studying all about me. To all appearances, they are a nation of right living people. Law abiding, God honoring. They ask me, what is the right thing to do? And love, and love having me on their side. But they also complain, why do we fast? And you don't look our way. Why do we humble ourselves and you don't even notice? Well, here is why. The bottom line is your first days is profit. You drive your employees much too hard. You fast. But at the same time, fight. You fast, but you swing a mean fist. The kind of fasting you do won't get your prayers off the ground. Verse 4, verse 5. Do you think this is the kind of fast day I am after? 
a day to show of humility, a day to show of humility, to put on a pious long face and parade around somebody in black. You know, I said it last week. Some of us, the, your pastor said, you look like <laughs> What is it today? Are you? I'm okay. Okay. Uh, what's the problem? I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting on the Lord. Oh. Do you call that fasting? A fasting that I, God, would like? Verse 6. Verse 6. This is a kind of fast day I'm after. To break the chains of injustice. Get rid of exploitation in the workplace. Free the oppressed. Counsel debts. Amen. Someone, somebody is owing you money. And you know in your heart the person cannot pay. You know. The person has no capacity to pay. And you know that you can forgive that debt. Why don't you let go? We are in the Bible. Verse 7. What I'm interested in is seeing you do this. Sharing your food with the hungry. Inviting the homeless poor into your homes. Putting clothes on the shivering hill cloud. Being available to your own. To your own. Amen. Do this and the light will turn on. And your light will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave your way. The God of glory will secure your passage. If your fast is not a worship to God, then it's not one that he will accept. Let's bow our head to pray. I don't know what you want to tell God but you got to tell him something maybe you want strength maybe you want to ask him for forgiveness of your irresponsibilities maybe you want to say to him Lord now I know better Maybe you want to make a pledge to him and say, Lord, today I will begin to take responsibilities for destinies that are attached to my life. Oh, maybe you want to say to him, I'm sorry, Lord.
basket will be available. will be just by the door. Or one of your ushers will pass the basket around. Please drop your offering cheerfully to the Lord. And God bless you as you do that in Jesus' name. Can we rise as we share the grace in fellowship? With the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Rest in our bow with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. And so sin shall not have dominion over us. For the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of us and quickens my mortal bodies to the glory of his holy name. Amen. Know this. Jesus had to be crucified before the Holy Spirit was poured out. Isn't it? Don't waste the works of Christ. Have a sweet fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Ensure you always have a sweet fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a pleasant day.